1: Our true nature can't be described. It is simply present, here, now. That very simple and normal sense of presence is who we really are. It is our true nature. Stillness, spaciousness, the sense of presence, the sense of existence. They are all intangible words because our being can't be described. Being simply is. Being is our true nature. Valeria interviews Julie Cloutier. She is a certified deep transformational coach. She experienced a gradual awakening followed by a full realization of our true infinite nature in 2021, and since then has moved towards an interest in the transformation from within and the positive impact that this can have on each of us and the world we currently are living in. She is available for one on one sessions to support anyone hoping to recognize their true nature and integrate that realization of being into their human life. She also is offering online courses for awakening emotional intelligence and stabilizing anyone that had an awakening or self-realization by knowing the five koshas, five body sheets. She's qualified to facilitate self-inquiry, which enables her client to process difficult emotions through the heart alchemy, which then remove blocks to resting in a natural state of effortless being. Meet Julie at truthbakery.com Here is the interview with Julie Cloutier.
0: In your own words, who is Julie Cloutier?
2: Wow, that's a big question to start with. So... My character has always been inclined to feel joy. That's um, the early memory that I have is to be in awe of existence. Just the moon and the cows and the magical experience of life was very alive in my experience. And there, there are many memories of that. So after after my early years, like everyone else, there was uh, just a human experience and doing and having to do things and embarking on an adventure of doing. <laughs> Until um, I found the end of the road in that. I, I was doing, doing, doing and trying to achieve and... Always, happiness was evading. I was in the idea that I would find it if I did more of this or more of that, or if I obtained more of this and more of that. And at some point, it, it got to be seen as an illusion, that it would never be attained. And there was great desperation, despair, and hopelessness in that realization. Before, just, just, just before there was the realization that the peace of being is available when we stop searching for it, when we stop searching for it in things, in achievement, in relationship, it's already here. And then these things, these achievements and all the people in my life are still there and I can do things still but knowing that the happiness is here. So it was, uh, in my life, it was a return to that feeling of being held, knowing that life is infinite potential, infinite potentiality itself, and that we are allowed to live in joy and participate from inspiration and creativity. So in, in a short little story is, It seems it might end
0: how it started. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right. It's never linear, my Yeah.
2: No, it's never linear. But I spent a a long time in trying to find how to be happy and trying to find what would bring me happiness outside. And then I realized it's possible to see that it's here already, that it doesn't have to be found. And then life goes on as normal. <laughs> yes,
0: but with this beautiful and deep realization, right?
2: Yes, it's uh, yes, it's it's supportive to navigate uh, the human experience.
0: Right. With that in mind, we talked off record briefly about the same topic on how to kind of navigate this shared reality after we realize this truth that happiness, and happiness, peace and all that is not even something that we find, we can't find. It's something that we realize. It's all about realizing that's already here. It's not really looking for it. Yes. We talked about humans who are still living in this different reality of objects, always trying to be satisfied, to get fulfillment from things out there. And then you said something that gets still here with me about being whatever we are for the simple reason that it can be, in a way, paraphrasing you. But it's almost like the way you said it, it comes to me as almost the... Enjoyment of separation as well, almost like having fun with it, with yes. with ignorance, which is basically ignoring what's the, the underlying reality, the absolute reality for that reason itself. And it's I heard that before in a funny way. Somebody said, a spiritual teacher said, yeah, you know, people love to complain, but look how the, the phase love to complain. <laughs> it's almost like they're complaining, but they love to. <laughs> so they Continue on that path. So, talk to me about how to interact with our shared reality without trying to take that away from those who are still living such a way, searching for happiness out there.
2: Yes, uh, it's a delicate line. It's a delicate, um, fine line that we have to learn in ourselves. When we, if I speak for myself, when there was this, this realization that, um, I live by contrast uh, to our nature. If I go in the duality experience of feeling separate and having to find things, it's a contrast to our nature of peace. Our natural state, the discovery that the natural state of being is effortless being, is just being here with what is arising. Then there was a... A need to to tell that that came, like to tell everyone it's so amazing, this discovery, that that I wanted to bring everyone in it. But when, when I was doing that, I could see that I was creating suffering because I could see that if the other person doesn't know this, when I'm saying that, it feels as if I was negating their experience and uh i could I realized that this wasn't helping that i um I had to go there alone that I couldn't bring everyone in it with me and so that that was a it lasted for a few months this this place where I was feeling I was going in it alone, and then. And then as this was let go, this need to change the experience for other being, which are also infinite being, they are allowed to have their experience exactly as it is showing up for them. As I could let go of that, then there was true non-separation. Because then there is listening without, without needing to change anything. And that was more efficient than what the, I would say the mind was proposing that I should do. <laughs> so I started to be more and, and listen more. And in that, in that, there was true non-separation, to be together in the moment exactly as we
0: are. Um, wow, yes. Yes, a billion times <laughs> to that truth <laughs> of just being with what is present, Right. So, with that in mind, Julie, talk to me about the difference between mind and awareness and presence.
2: Yes, um, awareness presence is here before we engage the mind about what is here in my direct experience, and it's quite it's quite um, simple, in fact. And we tend to make it complicated with words, but for me, awareness is just knowing. It's just this knowing of existing. And in that knowing, there is no um, opinion. Awareness, if 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 I was to put word on it, is it doesn't have opinion. It's uh, it's already non-dual. It's just being, just aware. It's always here in the moment. It's never. We're never aware tomorrow or yesterday, so we will never find it at another time. So it's always in the present, it's never before or later, and it never goes away. If I ask myself, is there awareness, am I aware, there is awareness always, it's always here. It never leaves, it may be overlooked, because we are habitually in our mind and the difference with the mind the mind is never now it's always before something happened before and something may happen later so when when we are in the time 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 and space arises with the mind there is somewhere to go something to get something to understand at some point something to resolve it's always it's never now it's always in the future or the past something happened before and because of that, there's maybe something else that will happen. So it's um also the line of because there is a, a line, a timeline to things with the mind that is not there when we are just present being. And we have access to both. It's just that we most of us are conditioned to live a lot in the mind, in this impression that we are here to solve things. And of course, we can still solve things by being. There is more clarity when things need to be solved. So I would say that that would be the difference between awareness and um, and the mental uh, realm.
0: They are not separate. It's just another level of reality, right? Relatively.
2: Yes, Yes, yes. It's a, I would when I bring uh, this little analogy that I heard before, it's quite simple that our awareness, our capacity to focus the lens of awareness on something, it's still our aware- awareness, but there is a, it's an impression of, um, if you compare to a camera lens, it feels like when there is a focus on something, there's the focus of awareness on things, And then there's a zooming out of the lens as if we're looking at a landscape, but we're not focusing on anything in particular, just being. So it's not separate and it's not wrong. It's really useful to access the mind to, you know, to be efficient and do our task. But the mind doesn't have to define who
0: we are. Right. Yeah. In a way, it's a shift in attention, just looking, yes. not even perspective, but perception, attention. Yes, I feel that very much. And it seems like the more things have to do with the the body-mind that requires those, those two levels of reality, then the more awareness focuses on what needs to be done. And then he uses the tools, of course, body-mind to do it. So... I'm just wondering if it helps to try <laughs> to do less with the body-mind, would that help actually in developing or establishing, as you say, I love the way you say that too. It's one of your courses. I love the name. Let's see. It's stabilize awakening. So in helping to stabilize that, that this this feeling, this sense of awakening, would that would you suggest doing less? in a sense of, or even f- looking for it, in a sense of making an effort to do less with the body-mind tools? Uh, not exactly.
2: I would say to, one of the practices that is really, really supportive is to ask ourselves, is there awareness? Am I aware? Multiple times a day, so that we start to, it's, it's, it's weird to say, but we start to be, to practice being effortlessly present. So it's not about doing less, but it's about being effortlessly present while doing. Because the mind may attribute some kind of concept about effortless being as if we're not going to do anything. But on the contrary, as we are more present, more gets done with less effort. Because there is less of a judgment about about what's being done and how it's being done. So things take shape pretty quickly when you lose the judgment about how it's done, how it should be, and you lose the authorship of it So sometimes we may want to create an online course, for example, and it it's never good enough when we refer to the mind, but when we are effortlessly, being it it may flow out of us as a creative energy and it may take half a day instead of two months and then it's already taking shape and people are already joining and because there is less of the block of the mind that i should be better i should do better maybe it's not good enough as that belief is lost There is more creativity. So in reality, there may be more doing with less effort and more joy of doing. So practicing being here effortlessly would be the practice. So it's not to do less because we still, that's sometimes it's a break for people uh, towards awakening because there's a belief or an idea that I will not be doing anything or I will not have friends or I, my life Likewise. will derail. Yeah. Yes. But on the contrary, your <laughs> life will flourish.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yes. that's See, that's a beautiful message for those who are listening, who are contemplating the beautiful realm of knowledge called non-duality or mm-hmm. being touching with our true nature because, yeah, there's a misunderstanding in that sector. I, yes. There was one of mine too, <laughs> misunderstandings. Yes. I feel like more, there's a lot more joy as you call it, but it's not, I wouldn't even call it that. It's just a label anyway, but there's mm-hmm. more, yeah, there's something, there's a response from the body-mind that it's almost, it's timeless. That's what it. What it yes. is. It feels like, oh, like when we are, uh, Finished every time I finish a conversation talking to anybody here, that's what it feels like. Like yes. ah, it's almost like it's almost like it never happened, although it did happen. So I have that the memories are still there, dancing around there, but they're in a very yeah. It's it's this in light way. It's very playful. It's light. It's there's nothing holding none to to. To what yes. was learned or listened to—it's something like that. It feels yes. really good.
2: <laughs> yes, excellent. Yes, it's um, yes, I can relate to that. It's um, it's more light. The weight of the line or the storyline—the weight—is not carried, as every
0: moment is spontaneous. Right. Yes. Right. It's beautiful. I mean, and I wish, like you know, that's the thing. Also, something in me. Obviously, the mind is trying to hold on to that and trying to replicate that yes. with everything, and it doesn't work for for many other experiences with other people. It, it doesn't work, and then and then that's where I guess we can talk about something that I read on. One of your, the, the course materials that you sent me is called The Awakening Emotional Intelligence and Dissolving Emotional mm-hmm. Suffering Through mm-hmm. the Heart Alchemy. Mm. That caught my attention because that's what I feel, um, the body-mind complex. It feels kind of the triggers, everything that you talk about here. I'm bringing you triggered. You have modules. You have many of them, one, two, three, four, five. I have them here, the titles. And then you talk about the how to work with the bring the trigger in awareness. Mm-hmm. So emotions and all that. Uh, uh, so is this what you, what do you call all, all this work? Would you say, because now it feels like we have moved, we have actually realized that there is more than just the mind. Mm-hmm. So we are in this space that's spaceless mm-hmm. and that is healing is not needed. Obviously it's mm-hmm. it's freedom, mm-hmm. it's fulfillment itself. Yes. And then for me, it made the healing experience much more fun, too, and more curious for yes. the mind and less, and less, let's say, dark and, and you know, like um, yes. yeah, I'm trying to find words for it, less heavy because mm-hmm. when I feel the triggers, when, you know, my relationship with my husband and that's because I, I see a lot of times my parents in them and I had a traumatic mm-hmm. childhood. And then and then, of course, I have been deepening my understanding that this realization with the non-duo, which is based on Advaita Vedanta. That's, I'm a student mm-hmm. of Vedanta. So it has kind of, it has become a lot more mature, per se. Mm-hmm. But it's still here. So I wonder if it ever goes away. <laughs> ah, um,
2: in my experience, yes. Ah, yeah. But I can still... It's as if I'm not drawn into it, but I can see. Like uh, in this morning, I had this experience where there was this arising of uh, of the contraction and um, a feeling of um, defending something, and I just saw it. And it wasn't it wasn't hard to just let it go. I don't wish to experience that. Thank you. I'm already just okay being here. And um, I suppose it's from an authentic, meeting ourselves authentically, because that cannot be forced. So I feel it comes with um, being open, awareness, to feel. That that was my way. That was my it's not that it's the right path or anything because there are many many different paths. My path was to sit with the discomfort and to be that presence to that discomfort so that it doesn't feel alone. And it doesn't have to find the resolution outside. So um the awakening of the emotional intelligence sometimes with realization there is a realignment of the emotional body and the mental body and the mental body and the emotional body loves to rest too but at at first what's in the way of happiness uh, will arise in consciousness to be seen and and it was my experience that it had to be seen and and with seeing it was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes mm. I say, mm. they come to say goodbye. <laughs> yes, I love that.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: And it's, um, no, yeah. it's not done from a heavy sense of having to heal because our nature doesn't need healing. So I, it's, it's done from a sense of being in our nature presence to these energy that are more dense, that are inviting us in the sense of separation and the fear, because sometimes the fear, when we start to live closer to our true nature, we'll start to move more and more from intuition. And there may be some fear that needs to be just acknowledged or seen that what, what will happen to me if I move from intuition? Will I survive? Will I, how will I? be in the world and all these thoughts, it's okay to look at them and not deny them or push them away. It's really to be open and curious toward the mental body and the emotional body so that this awakening is embodied. It's not only realized from the mind, but Mm. also lived in the body. Mm.
0: Yes. Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. It resonates true. And I talked to somebody else. He he was. Um, he's a Hindu monk. Uh, we actually will meet again, but he talked a lot about that. It's about he was talking about enlightenment and mm-hmm. how it's the misconceptions that by understanding, realizing, having this knowledge as a spiritual knowledge, it will change everything. And it doesn't really mm-hmm. unless it is embodied. As you said, exactly. That's what he said. That was one of the biggest misunderstandings. And it doesn't happen overnight. So there's a lot of practice. So he talked a lot about practices. It's basically what you're doing too. So mm-hmm. being a, oh, let me see your label here. Yeah, deep transformational coach. So being a coach, teaching others how to basically deepening. I love that word they use, the deep uh, before transformational so deep transformation. It is deepening the depth of this understanding that will bring the body mind in alignment. And for me, yeah, it has been like you said. I love the way you said that. Yeah, saying hello to say goodbye, something like that. <laughs> yes, That's cute and true. <laughs> yeah, it has stayed. Comes to awareness because I know it's something that has to. Intuitively, I know there's a change that it wants to make, the body, yes. Mike, needs to make in order to kind of um, um, get closer to that inherent inherit happiness that's already here. But And then that's blocking it. And then what it does, it shows me. But now it's much easier to see it, feel it, and then just move out of it. It's, it doesn't, I don't stay there for too long. It's kind of tr- transmutes in a way the energy and then becomes lighter again. But yeah. it's, it's doing, it has been happening. Well, I, have, I had this realization for has been i would say 15 years mm. but it's still like stick, the process stick it is a process i know but i was just thinking to myself wow how long does it take for yeah. <laughs> the body mind to just kind of you know but i know it's because probably change that uh, it needs to make the body mind complex and it's not really it's, it doesn't feel safe yet to make that change it feels like that i would love to hear from you what what are your thoughts on that?
2: it feels like a refinement Mm. a constant refinement and in myself it feels like um, knowing our true nature is supporting our human experience so it's supporting the evolution and the growing of our personality our character so it's not an an evasion from life it's an intimacy with life so as we as we become more openly present to what the feeling are arising in ourselves and revealing those what is the blockage. It's like becoming more and more intimate with life. And that intimacy, it in a, in in it's a paradox because from one lens, there is no movement and there is already full intimacy. And then from this perspective of our human experience, it's the revelation of that in our life. It's the embodiment of that in our life, and that is in the relative time and space. So it's both, it's holding both that in myself, when i there's a movement, I The movement can come from mind, from fear, or from intuition, from infinite intelligence. And when there's a movement, I ask myself, what is the best thing that will support the growth of my character here? My personality, my persona, my personality. What is, will there be growth in that? And if the answer is yes, then I move towards it. So I feel that our nature of awareness presence support having access of knowing our nature support the growth of our character so it's not a that we're not there anymore or no, that we're not participating on the contrary we are even participating more in life so that's how i i feel that what when you what you're mentioning is that because on the timeline these 15 years there is more and more
0: Embodiment or closeness to that. Mm. Yes, I love the words you used. Yeah. The refinement, intimacy, right? The refinement caught my attention. That that word, I like, can't. Huh, mm-hmm. It does feel like a refinement, but refinement of what? And it feels like it's the communication, the expression of that pain that that's within the body mind, kind of expressing in that in a transmuted way which mm-hmm. comes initially feels so uncomfortable because it's, it's painful to re-experience whatever it did in the past. So it mm-hmm. keeps coming. It's, a, it's related to trauma. It's trauma-informed. So, and then I see, I also see now it's becoming more, the response to it is becoming more refined in a sense of gentler and kinder. Mm, yes, but it's still there. It's still responding to it, but in a kinder way. And that—that mm-hmm. that I feel—that's coming from, yeah, the perfume of infinite intelligence, right? Our tr- my true nature, our true nature. Yes. Yes. Because kindness—it's something that it has, for me, has been um, almost like a, a mark. Has been like. Um, this reference to it yes like oh. nature is very, <laughs> very benign
2: very benign very open curious all of these uh, these vibration being is benign it's not yes. resisting
0: anything yeah yeah it's it's trying to one understand and then perhaps not in a in an order but understanding i see it's taking place it's taking place and then Trying to move the energies to place to an expression that can benefit this body, mind, and other others too, whoever yes. is next to me. So it's just beautiful to observe that, even to put words into it. It's not. It's not easy, right, Julie? Yeah, even, <laughs> yeah. I'm like surprised now that I'm I'm able to communicate this. Uh, wow, it's amazing. It feels like uh, the lightness wants to embodied, wants
2: to shine through. So it moves what's in the way. And that's not comfortable
0: sometimes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And it moves gently, kindly. It's moving that out of the way. That's really something that caught my attention. Like how beautiful is this? It's moving this energy that it's not really pushing away it's kind of transform as it moves it it transforms it at the same time it's yes i I don't know something like that it's just so beautiful to even to be aware of, of this movement which i know we are talking about movement within the the relative reality
2: yes the emotional body
0: also um
2: how I felt it was in in my experience is that as these energy were allowed to move instead of staying contracted, because with without the support of knowing our true nature, it's a little bit harder to access these emotions because it's it's kind of it's lack like the support the support to meet it the support of presence or knowing presence to meet this energy in the Non dual space of just being here present. Um, the feeling I have is that as the energy are allowed to move, sometimes it may come with painful or not pleasant energy like sadness or uh, anger, or irritation to feel this, not really pleasant. But as these energies are moving, there is more flow. So um, instead of feeling contracted in a sense of separation, because this contraction in the body, in the physical body, in the form of fear or sadness that are not allowed to move, is, is in the way. And when these energy can just move as, as a vibration, I'm just speaking about a vibrational energy, they, um, it feels like um, the flow, the life becomes a flow. And, and we are in that flow, trusting the flow. So um, there's something there with the movement of uh, vibrational emotion, vibrational energy in the physical body. That's where I point people to feel, to allow themselves to feel. And as we uh, grow our capacity to feel, one extraordinary thing that happens is that we lose the fear of feeling. And that's immensely freeing. That's that's where we there is more and more um being undisturbed in the peace of being without trying. It's just effortless.
0: Yes, yes. There, yeah. How many yes can I say to that? <laughs> yes. My other platform for video podcast interviews is called the Freedom to Feel for a Reason, right? Ah, oh
2: nice. Wow.
0: That's the reason why, because I felt that way myself. Like oh, it is that uh, being spacious enough, which is already, already is anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, realize that we are there's space, less space, infinite space. Just allow everything just to be. And I know there's so much to talk about, but there's something else that came to the mind was free will. What is your understanding of free will? What is your take on that? Mm.
2: Yeah, I see it. Uh, I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's just a an impression that I have in my discovery in my life. I feel that uh, there are two wheels. There is the wheel of the mind, which is going to be trying to serve me. So there is a what's in it for me and um, a lot of effort to obtain things. And that's the wheel of the mind. I'm not saying it's the wheel of me because in myself, the realization was that there is no me. <laughs> there is a, there is a, an experience. Uh, when when I adopt the mind, that I have to find something and I have to achieve, and there is something in for, in it for me. So that that to me is is not really free will because it's an operating system under a program that tells my being that I need to. You know, that I need to be in a certain way, that I have to uh, attain things. Even awakening is in that list of things to yeah. attain <laughs> yes, <laughs> from, the, right. from the mental body. Yes, yes. So that's, sure. the, willy, that's the, the, free, <laughs> the, the will of me. And then um, there is an access to another will. And in my experience, it feels like it's divine will. And that, that divine will is devoid of me. Is, a, is, is an access to unity consciousness where we are um, undivided and available, available. It's not a search. It's in my, in my life right now, I am available. I am not searching and trying to change people, but I'm available for anyone that feels they may find something but I don't need people to change. So it's not me that is, uh, is operating there. It's more the, the will of our infinite nature, infinite intelligence, infinite love. And it's, it's not own. Like uh, I'm not in the, in the, uh, under the impression that I am a good person doing that. I'm just as- accessing intuition. And to me, intuition is, is divine will uh, moving us. Moving the body, mind, moving. So it's kind of it's something else that takes over you, but it's not dangerous. It's it's on the contrary, it's way more expensive and and loving than than the mind realm where there is a lot of separation and a lot of conflict. So so I would say that's my understanding of free will. So I I'd say there is no free will but I'd rather do divine will through intuition mm-hmm. than do the mind will and suffer separation <laughs> or the sense <laughs> of separation because the separation, in it never really occurs. It's We have the impression of being separate when we um, are identified with mind or with thoughts, with our thoughts.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's an interesting take on... It's almost like making a choice, which my take is a a lot more direct in a sense that we are freedom. So who needs free will when we are already free? We are freedom itself, right?
2: Yes, life uh, is um, is allowed to unfold from infinite potentiality when the me is not there. Yes, (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> Getting out of the way is great. Yeah. So awesome.
2: so I guess maybe that's our will. That's our maybe that's our only will to consciously start to know from where we are operating our life. And if we are willing to try and look at what is happening if I don't try to control things, and what what is happening if I let life unfold? How 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 does it feel to live in that state of being and um it's amazing when we start to taste it we um we want more of it <laughs> and we have to let go of the want <laughs> so oh, that's yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. to to just reside with what is here yeah yeah
0: wow. <laughs> how how amazing at this have this understanding and the, the the deeper the better because then in the end it's becoming one with life mm. and then now we, we even lose that sense of trying to choose anything or yes. It's almost like nothing changed really like from my experience nothing really changed but it's it just what changed felt so much more effortless, as you say, more joyful, lighter. Yes. Whatever felt as well felt like it was changing. It, it's not. It, so I think there's something. I know it's we talked about embodiment before, but it might be just the um, the realization of this spiritual knowledge, of being infinite, presence, awareness. That already unchanges everything in a way that that's, yes. that's enough. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of psychologists, some of them we, I have interviewed, that they are non dual psychologists, and, mm. and that's what they do as a practice. They speak like you, actually, in a way, oh. <laughs> but they uh, some of them agree that it's not enough the intellectual understanding, which is not really the intellect is just the part that understands. But it's mm-hmm. not really. It is part of the mind, of course. It is a mechanism of the mind. But once we we understand, which in Vedanta they say that, you know, some people, they question that. Why do we have to understand? How can we understand our infinite nature with a finite mind? It's just not mm-hmm. possible. And then, you know, the answer is that that's exactly what is needed because we need to correct the misunderstanding and the mind that believes mm. that it is finite, but mm. it's not finite. Mm-hmm. So yes. that made sense to me. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that's it. It's exactly it. So the understanding, it is the correction, really, because in truth, it's just the illusion that, like you said, that everything it's separate. There's something separate here. There mm-hmm. is something even.
2: There is something that we can name.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Which seems like that way, right? Oh, I can name this. Actually, when you really go deep into contemplation and reflection on this non-dual understanding, there's nothing I can't label, really. The mind yeah. is just... It's complete. okay to
2: label, but it's not, yeah. It's, yeah,
0: uh, it, it loses interest in a way. There's a part of the mind like, oh, okay, what is this? And then looks at things in a, in a lot more subjective way.
2: Yeah, mine. I, I I often say mine loves to rest too. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. it's tiring to think. It's how I came to this understanding. In fact, is that I was. It was feeling hopeless, like, I can't manage this anymore. I, I don't know
0: how. So
2: right, <laughs> it felt right. like it, it got to the end of itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. You see? Yeah, I think that's one of the practices in Zen Buddhism, right? You meditate, meditate until you realize that uh, who is meditating? There's no need for meditation. <laughs> and yeah, then everything yeah. ends. Yeah, There's it no meditator. It
2: it was not pleasant when there was this feeling of distress and despair. I can't do this anymore. It felt really disturbing and turbulent. But it's how uh, the light uh, came in here. Sometimes it's, it it's it doesn't have to be this way, and sometimes it, it is in that way that it, that the light comes in. <laughs> and I felt like, oh, I can't. I can't. Like I
0: surrender everything. It's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful, isn't it? When we can come, the mind can come to that conclusion. It is kind of surrender to its own infinity. Yes, its own limitation. Yes, right. Yeah, that's it. Like a, it's like I,
2: I, it's like I heard that before, and I find it's really uh, enlightening. To, it's uh, bowing down to to God or bowing down to the divine. It's it relinquishes its power. It says, "Okay, I, I'm ready to." To bow down.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's um. That has happened uh, to myself, of course. This here, and so many people that I talk to in the non-duality area, or they with this understanding already established, yeah, they talk that way. And the other day, I was talking to somebody about this, and and what came to me was like a fish trying to live out of the water. That's what really. Yes. It felt, uh, w- that was my experience, really trying to live as a fish outside of the water and really thinking that I could. Oh, it can. Yes. It can, right? I can't live without the water, of course. <laughs> yes, not really. <sighs> yeah. It couldn't. Yeah, it can't. Impossible. So it, would you say that this is really the the main cause of suffering, of our suffering, trying to live yes. in the illusion of a separate self?
2: Yes um the the idea that um just the idea that we are going somewhere is very pervasive but if we look at our direct experience whenever we are somewhere we are always here no matter we can name a place that's different but it, it's always a it's always a direct experience of being here If we don't name where we are, being is always present. And I feel that the forgetting of that is creating um, suffering because there is this, all of those need um, to acquire a lot of things, to possess, to um, manage the content of our life, to manage our thoughts even, manage our emotion. All of this management of things is depleting us of our, alive energy, our creativity, our aliveness. And it's um, it's in the way of us being together without judgment, being who we are with our own color, our personality, um, without trying to change uh, anything. If I meet myself totally and fully, I don't have to Change anything um, in anyone else. I don't need to resolve myself. Then I don't need to resolve other people. And from that, there is already more
0: joy and less conflict. True. Yes. True. So true. It's ending conflict here. So it when we yes. end it inside, it ends outside. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: So it's um. all a
0: reflection. So we are
2: creating our own suffering. Unfortunately, we are building the wall ourselves. And then we feel that we have to cross that wall, but there is no wall.
0: (laughs) Mm, That's a very good metaphor. Yeah, that's a good one. Building the wall and then believing that's in the way, in our own way. Yes. But we built it. And then we're
2: trying to find out how to uh, remove it, but we cannot remove it because it doesn't exist in reality. We are creating it out of our belief and thoughts.
0: Yes, that's amazing. The idea of thoughts too. You know, when I, I heard this from my spiritual non-dual teacher about that we don't on, on free will, I believe he was talking about yes, that we don't think our thoughts; they just uh, appear. So that's really mm-hmm. the, that's the true experience. They appear, and then we it feels like we are engaging with some of them and letting go of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there's um they're just coming and going, and there's just a feeling that something is choosing. But yes, it's, there's none of that is really taking place.
2: Yes, and it's it feels really true though when it's happening that I think, I think. But um, I like how we can start to directly. Test it in our direct experience. What if I don't adopt this thought? Because we thoughts are coming and going, like you said, we never know our next thought. They are effortlessly appearing. They are mostly what we're usually thinking, so they will feel like me because they are the you know our own habitual thought, and they're not our own. When I say our own, it's even an error in language, but they are uh, seemingly the same flavor. They are habitual, like our emotions also are like that, and uh, when we start to just be open to this hmm, maybe if I don't adopt it what what will happen with the conflict that is seemingly starting to take place because we're looking for um, we're looking for happiness, we're looking for having fulfilling relationship, and we are making the mistake of thinking that we will find it outside. If I find the right person, I will have the right relationship. When we we start to decline invitation in, in our habitual way of thinking, we start to see that our life is transforming without us making any effort.
0: <laughs> yes, The magic is revealed. <laughs> yes, yes, that is so true. So in a way, it is consciousness that is making itself, it gives itself the choice to realize itself or become aware of itself and also not to and choose other things (laughs) that we call ignorance. But it is a choice that consciousness itself is making, right? Julie feels that way. It feels like consciousness
2: is revealing itself to itself through a different body-mind. It's not like a person that you realize. It's 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 the energy field that's revealing itself. So, um, because we share this energy field, um, it's a paradox because I could say for myself, you wake up alone. You don't take anyone in there with you. And at the same time, if I was alone as this person, I couldn't, like I needed other people to point to it. So it's, it's through everyone that this is happening, this consciousness revealing itself to itself through more and more people. And that makes it more available to more people at the same time. If If we refer to 50 years ago, that that was more difficult. Now it's becoming available because there is, oh, maybe, maybe there is a possibility to be living without suffering. Just maybe is enough to know that maybe, because most of my life, I had the belief that this was not possible, that life was made with
0: suffering, that suffering was part of it. Right, right. Right. Ah. Ah, so that's, uh, wow, that's, I never heard that way. It resonates true. So, yeah, consciousness is revealing itself to itself more and more, especially this time Mm -hmm. for some reason. Yes. Ah, yeah, so it is this concept or this idea of it's possible to to enjoy True. this relative reality without suffering, it is possible. Yes. So it's becoming possible. It's possible to mm. live
2: without fear. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah. I suppose uh, the right has become very increasingly uh, difficult. So some are rejected. Because <laughs> uh, it's hard. Uh, in, in my direct experience, just the uh, COVID um, brought some... Change in some reflection in how I, I wish to live this even just this um, challenge, this big challenge that we went through um, as a humanity, and uh, i I remember asking myself if I wanted to live this in fear or not, and I I guess maybe that's the only will we have is to choose between fear and non-fear. Um, and it's delicate because sometimes we live in circumstances where that's not hmm, as available. So so it's, it's not a lack of compassion and it's not the fault of anyone when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances that may be... It's not that it's not available because it's true for everyone, and there is no more no one that has this more than another. There is there is no hierarchy, but maybe sometimes there are circumstances that are supporting that, and that I take as a grace. That's how I feel that it was a grace, a blessing. Yes, and that keeps myself in the humility.
0: That I don't own this. Mm, Yes. But but there's no separation anyway, right? Because you are everywhere anyway. So you as consciousness is everywhere. Yeah, the body-mind is here. Yes,
2: consciousness is everything.
0: Yeah, is all. That's another question that I usually asked myself and others about ignorance and how much of the suffering is caused by ignorance. Is not consciousness. Choosing ignorance is just out of playfulness. I know you mentioned that before. Off record resonates true. And I heard that before about freedom itself, expressing itself, exercising itself. So uh, there's no limits anyway. And ignorance for some people, it feels like fun. I have... Um, Talked to some people here on the podcast. I remember that really well and kind of uh, rejecting the idea in the moment. I don't think I, I told them, but something in me said, no, no, no. I remember this saying, some people saying, you know, I love being a human and everything about it. So I would not mind coming back here over and over again. Uh-huh. To play with it, yeah. like in a sense of suffering, doing, going through all this again. And then yes, I remember, and it will all be fine. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny? And I remember saying to myself, oh, No, I don't want to go come back here and go through all the suffering <laughs> that I went through. No, that doesn't sound like fun to me. But for them, in, in a way, it was. So we can't really judge, right, Julie? We can't really.
2: Yeah, and even uh, I can even share a transformation that has happened in myself. As I I remember a year ago, I was just wanting this. I was in a state of suffering and I wanted it to end. And uh, I was like, no, 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 I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. And um, I was told by someone and now it, it's now true that even suffering is um, is not feared anymore. At some point, it's like okay, bring it on. There's an energy that's okay. It's open to all of it. And uh, that person said, you know, it's like um, you forget, you forget how how uh, how hard it is to suffer. And then at some point, you're like, okay, I, I could do this again. And it's like uh, I don't know if you had a friend that that. That gave birth to to, to child to, to babies, and then they maybe they said, "Oh, no, I'm never gonna yes, do it again." Yes. Then a few years <laughs> they later, did. "Oh, I'm gonna have another baby." Oh, it's just hormone. Yes, that's a very good. You example. said you wouldn't do it, you know? Oh yeah. no, no, it was just hormone. It wasn't yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good so example. it feels the
0: same. Like it wasn't so bad. I could yeah. do it again. <laughs> wow, interesting. So that what's the insight there is that. Consciousness loves to have fun, right? And ignorance. It is what can we say? <laughs> Eating all these foods that they seem to be different, taste differently, uh, although we know they don't. And then you have all these experiences, they all seem to be different too, and the feelings. So yeah, it's them, um, it's exists. it's existing, isn't it? Because existence yeah, itself existing. doesn't do anything. Existence itself is just itself. It doesn't really become anything. But existence no. seems to be, Um, that's where the fun is at. Um, So that might be it. The human experience might be that experiment of consciousness and having fun with itself. Yes. Uh-huh. I know we yes. don't like the idea and of suffering, but it comes with it, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. It comes with it, eh? Feeling separate and... I,
0: I suppose there are many levels to
2: look at it. And from from one lens, there really is nothing. And then from another lens, there is a the movement of love. Maybe that starts with that because the, the subtle energy are those that are most light. Peace, love, joy. And then we get to density as we go into the the mental um, identification. There is more density of energy uh, to until apathy, which is really the lack of energy. So uh, it's an energy. To me, it's, it's more of an energy, um, an energy game, and we're playing that game.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, an energy game. That's interesting. <clears throat> Never heard that way. Uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear that. True. I just interviewed somebody about um, biogeometry. And he talks oh. a lot about that, pendulums and how it, <clears throat> the energy of consciousness will kind of show you. Uh, you probably have heard that before. So they have this BG3 uh, pendulums that you use to ask questions. So the, the consciousness oh. really it's answering the questions, not really you, not the mind-body. But it's using uh-huh. the body-mind, the, the pendulum itself, using matter just to move... Um, the energies and get answers to whatever we are curious about. So, mm. yeah, there's even so that field, the field of we know energy, that has that's a word that in science has been used a lot. So, Mm-mm. um, right, quantum physics and so many other, I interview so many people here, and even scientists, they talk about energy a lot. even mm. when they Come physicists, when they talk about nature, the laws of nature, they speak of energy too. So mm. yes, it feels it feels. Of course, I mean it's undeniable in, in the dream reality that that's moved by its own laws, and that we can call it energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something that's not an experience. And that's what we, we have been talking about here, right, Julie? That yes. it's not really can be experienced. No. Experienced. And that is awareness itself. Presence is yes. just it's just here, but it's not really um it's aware of experience, but it's not experiencing anything. Yes. And, then, yes. and it feels at times I have to say, it feels like nihilism. It might be like in between, right, Julie, in a way when you get deep mm. enough into it, between. Um, this feeling of yeah. turn, I don't know what they call it, um eternalism or eternal kind of field, and then you have nihilism too. so the nothing like you said in fullness, um they are dancing uh constantly. yes,
2: and uh, there's a place where um i um I went into for a few months uh, about uh, a few years ago when uh, there was this realization where the mind came. The mind came, (laughs) I would say, the mind came with me there and said, oh, it's meaningless. Nothing means anything. But it's not the idea that nothing means anything. So when the mind is coming into, it's like um, bringing the absolute in the relative. It doesn't work. So it's not the idea that there is no meaning and purpose and it's really nihilism it's more beautiful than that is the pure emptiness of existence is existing and there is no purpose other than existing or experiencing existence it's um yeah it's it's when when you start to reveal that i don't have to carry any baggage i can be in this moment And just be present. There is nothing to find and nothing to search for. The mind, when the mind takes hold of that, it creates something that is really most limited. And we're speaking about being unlimited. And then the most limited idea is that there really is nothing and it's meaningless and it doesn't have any. That's really not what we're speaking about. So... So I feel that idea sometimes will produce a sense of desperation or a, that's how I felt for a while when this idea was taking over. There was a sense of sadness and desperation that arose with those vibrations of, of those thoughts. And, and um, we're speaking more about infinite potentiality without limitation. So life is an infinite potentiality. And then when we are open to life unfolding, it's it's it unfolding higher vibration than when we limit it.
0: Um, yes, thank you for that. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's mm. how I, I revealed that because I was in a state of uh, limiting it for a very long time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was right. a specialist at doing that. I was really good at doing that. <laughs> yeah, the mine, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I
2: was just buying into this idea that I really have to defend myself, and I have. Yeah, that that created a lot of suffering for a long time. So, um, yeah. So so it's. Uh, it's a lived experience. Yeah, so now you <laughs> not, know on, not <laughs> only of, of expansion but of contraction as well.
0: <laughs> ah, yes, right. That's a a very good um kind of reference for those who are listening because it mm-hmm. non duality comes across that way. It has been actually taught that way as well by some people. That they they're not really I don't think they are connected to any spiritual um like um, ancient tradition of non-duality, or well, they are, mm-hmm. but in a very, I think, um, superficial way, and they do talk that way, right? That there's nothing, yes, there's nobody here, uh, there's nothing it will, to do. Yeah,
2: yeah it, it will feel very limiting, and um, sometimes that that will bring the mind to a halt, though. So sometimes it serves a purpose that message that really there's nothing and there's not no really really and then at some point the mind is like oh okay no, I give up yes yes yeah <laughs> and, 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 and from from one lens we could say that there is a little there is some truth in it in the sense that attributeless being is not is without attribute. So so it always depends how we we hear and how it's interpreted or not, by the mind, I feel. But the the message is really to access expansion, more expansion, not to feel more constricted. So I would say to people when they listen to things, to refer to their intuition and their how their body feels and how because the the body is an instrument of truth. It's not lying. It's not gonna it's it's how i I came to this realization is there was a sense of relief in the body, a huge relief. and I, I felt that this there was some truth in that because the body was responding with relief. So um intuition is always our our natural guidance. So that's why we are. No one can tell us what to do or where to go and what to look for. It's really to attune to intuition, even even if the mind says, oh, I'm not too sure about that. If there's an intuition to do something, then it's right for us. Right.
0: That's true. That's a beautiful message. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people, they need guidance, and I needed guidance. And you are a guide as a coach, but it's just a guide, right, Julie? It's yeah. not really telling others what to do and how to do it, but guiding them, uh, moving their own energies, guiding them to move, to be realized, to be aware of their own energies, right? Yes. That's a beautiful Mm -hmm. message. So we're almost at the end, and I had so many other points here (laughs) to talk about. Mm -hmm. I'll talk forever because this is, I mean, what's not to love about this conversation? It's, uh, uh, It's freeing in itself. Um, yes. So I mentioned your course, you have uh, course one, sta- uh, Stabilize Awakening, and that you talk about the five koshas. hopefully I'm pronouncing it mm-hmm. correctly. And then um, you did send me uh, some information about that. And then you have also the uh, course two, and then it, it's called The Awakening Emotional Intelligence and the Solving Emotional Suffering Through the Heart. Uh, Alchemy, and both Mm -hmm. both of them you offer an ebook, and I believe they are free, right, Julie? Those two yes, with the course, yes, with the course, right? And that's and it's all available. And you are also a coach, as I mentioned before. Um, The title your title is Deep Transformational Coach, and you also have a podcast that I just found out. Self realization. Now what? Um, Talk to me for a moment about that. I forgot to ask that question.
2: Oh, the podcast is yes. really, really small. So it's just started out of enjoyment, yes. and um, I have started meeting with people for whom there was realization and uh, or or curiosity, and to have conversation about that. How to? I'd love for the pod- the podcast to go towards how to live our human experience with that foundation. How to live from intuition? How to allow more joy? How to um, function from our infinite nature, which is not personal, and um, how to trust that? So, so the podcast is just starting. I've, I've had a few conversations with, um, with three person already. And I'm open to anyone that wants to have a conversation, to write uh, an email, and um, even if you if you would like to have a conversation, Valeria, on yes. the podcast with me, yes, I would sure. love to know more about you, and yes. we could just uh, spend some time together there.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun too, boy. Yeah, I love these conversations, as I said to you before, but because I was trying to make this podcast a non-duality podcast, but mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm but then i quickly realized that i was pushing away the human experience the healing because my experience has been healing going through ah. healing different healing stages to deep to deepen this i mean along with the uh, the realization so healing played a huge part and it mm. still does. So I can't really let go of that the healing, mm. you know, from the traumas in the relative reality. So I can't mm. really let go of that for some reason. I couldn't really, uh, let's say, push away the, the healing mm-hmm. part. So I just brought it together. And every time I have, I host a podcast with psychologists, scientists, I always mention the non-dual uh, realization that I had in my understanding as of now and all that. I always bring that into the conversation somehow. I smuggle the non-dual <laughs> teachings there. But it's it's I really think. beautiful. And
2: I hear your intuition guiding you there. And it's uh, it's a value to... hear um, Healing cannot really be this disregard. It has to... Um, uh, like I said before, it's a realization of our non-dual nature that supports the growth of our character. And if that growth is denied, then the freedom is not, it's, it's, it's a, it's not the same as a lived freedom. So being open to meeting energy and anything that needs to be heard in, in the presence of being, in our open presence. I find that really beautiful and uh, I wouldn't want anyone to to feel that it's wrong to do that.
0: Right, right. Yes, that's it. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you inspired me to the mind to think mm-hmm. about. Um, I think I was a spiritual teacher who said, uh, n- not knowing that we are free, it's like living. It's like a bird living in a cage that, um, that, that has a door that is open yes remember yeah how he said but mm, right so we yeah. are free already but as long as we don't know that then it's like living yeah. you know in a, in a cage that's open but we we're just stay staying there feeling there staying
2: now. there exactly yeah. yes yes that's how it feels because as you meet everything I feel uh, you you come to have a true voice you come to express yourself in in and not hide in, in in fear of being judged or because realization it doesn't mean that there is instant liberation. It's a it's a real it's a beautiful realization that then takes you on another route, <laughs> another <laughs> road. <for> sure. <laughs> yeah. And and it doesn't mean that your life crumbles. It doesn't mean mm. that, but it means that there there there. There will be things that are revealed still, unless I don't know. Maybe some people, yeah. and I've not heard of many. I don't know. Maybe for some people, everything is just dissolved, and there is pure just embodiment. But I, I don't know because we are bringing this here in the human dimension in the body. And the body is a, is an instrument of time and space. Mm. It lives in times. So it mm-hmm. has a memory.
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm. True. Yeah, mm. They are ground in this reality, right, with the, its own laws, right? We cannot ignore yeah. the laws here. <clears throat> True, yeah. but I think there was a teacher you probably heard about, Ramama Maharaji, I think his name was. You probably yes. heard about him. I think he was able to do that. He lost all fear and he was just walking, yes. you know, here with the body-mind like, ah, Free of all this, and yes. almost as if he didn't have, he was not under the laws of, of time and space. He was just, um, yeah, you know, if the body dissolved, it would be okay, and if it didn't, it's okay too. Mm-hmm. So, it was not really, mm-hmm. uh, he was not, the mind was not engaged with that anymore. But, yeah, he, you couldn't, I mean, from what I heard, he was just fully there. If you ask a question, he would answer, of course. Yes, I heard way.
2: that even he transmitted through silence very ah, powerfully. Yes. And yep.
0: Yep. So I guess
2: it depends, eh? Yeah,
0: depends. I, I guess it doesn't happen too often from what I see. Right, uh-huh. We're not able to, yeah, it's almost like the stories of, so many stories we hear. Um, for, for most of us, it doesn't happen that way. It might be also because of the, the, um the times that we are living in. Uh, With all the technology, Mm -hmm. right? The influences, like you said, circumstances. So we can't really uh, let the body-mind go like that. That would be interesting. Everybody just walking around, you know, just in silence. (laughs) That's an interesting picture, vision. (laughs) But um, it might be a different reality altogether. Who knows? Another relative reality.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, we are living in
2: a... Yeah. Well in in a in a culture in in a place where we have to we have to function here we yes, have to right. have to go to work and we have to uh, yes and it's it's okay to yeah,
0: yeah to engage mm. with the structures right they they are already here which includes mm-hmm. the body mind that's a big one yeah so, one
2: thing i feel it's like there is more feminine energy now in this uh, um field i'm i'm Maybe I'm wrong because I'm not really good in in history about that, but I see a lot of feminine energy and embodiment and self-love. and oh, I love that uh, that this is um, is showing up more and more in reality to uh, bring ourselves love. and and I'm not saying that it's it's um, it's not in the masculine energy either, but i I feel it's a access to intuition and the love and it's a good uh, balance that uh, I see emerging.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. It has, it's, it's shifting. Um, mm. Yeah, it's more gentle, mm. right? Um, yeah, I've, I'm th- feeling this within myself. I have been for years now. And I remember having the gosh, Julie, I could never stop talking to you. We'll just go here forever. <laughs> Sorry we'll here. about yeah, that. Yeah, like I have I, to let you go. <laughs> I like, how can we stop this coming? I can never stop. Uh so yeah, I remember having that vision that about about um almost like a longing for this reality to be more. Of um, an engaged one with the, the feminine energies, without having the language to express that mm. back then. It was mm-hmm. about twenty-five years ago, and I remember mm. it was so strong. Like, oh, I, I wish, but the, the the word was really, the feeling was really a longing thing. That was mm. trying to those energies was trying to bring the yeah the intuitive. Um, aspect of it more to this reality and less of doing just for the sake of doing, mm. for the sake of survival. Mm-hmm. I had seen that enough and I was like, oh. And then I remember having this vision of one day, but I, and then something said, oh, it will happen. One day, everything will stop this whole, mm. uh, wow. people will stop working, you know, and just, but then you see, I thought for, naively at that time, I remember thinking, oh, great. So humans will decide to do this spontaneously on their own, just kind of, you know, let's go within and wow. and reflect more. But then and but then you took like something like COVID, uh, for that to happen. So in a way, it's not really, uh, it's never the way we imagine. Uh, because No, with the line, it's of not. Course. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it happened. I was really surprised when that happened. Was not was not a surprise to me because I was already expecting wow. that to happen. But it was like, ah. And then there was a hmm. rest within myself, like, oh, the longing has been fulfilled. Oh, this is here now. And I never mm. had any problems um, with the COVID situation. It was actually the opposite. I was a lot more joyful, although a lot of people lost their bodies and we had all this suffering happening. But there was a feeling of a very strong feeling of peace just mm-hmm. uh, here. And I didn't understand why it was so peaceful in that in in chaotic state. I was in New York at the time, too. It was just so bad there. Wow. But, yeah, it was quite the opposite experience I had throughout this whole thing, and and I remember uh-huh. having this longing and also the vision that this something told me it will happen. Mm. Yeah. And that was twenty five years ago. I had forgotten even about that, but wow. then it came back all of a sudden when this happened. Oh, it's here! Great. I mean, great—not in a great way, of course. Yes, um, for sure. Yes, yeah, great yes. in the sense of the yeah, like you the said, the
2: stopper. Eh? Something <coughs> stops in, in there. With yeah. the movement, yes. I can I can feel that you chose uh,
0: you didn't chose
2: the invitation into the fear.
0: Ah, yes, right. It was quite right. It was, it was and loved. your experience was, was more right.
2: peaceful. Than yes, because we always have. Uh, yeah. We have the choice of consent. We are consenting to these invitations, sometimes unconsciously, but when it becomes conscious, it's uh, it's when there is awakening of consciousness. That, ah, oh, okay. Yes. I, I don't
0: have to consent to the invitation into fear. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, kind of in the way. having those visions, but I have been having visions my entire life. Oh, wow. Whatever would happen and then it would happen. It's almost like, um, you know, you have psychics and you have all these people, mediums and all. You know, I have all those. I mean, it's not me. You see, this is available for everyone. As you said, everyone has access to it. When you talk about intuition, everyone can access this spaceless, infinite, um, spaceless space that's here now. But we are just for some reason, um, um, yeah, it's consciousness. I have to go back to it because, yes, I think it's really like we're
2: distracted. Yeah, yeah,
0: we're distracted. Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> In the mental realm, <laughs> yes, because consciousness is not an object. we are so right, um, so used to yeah navigate this reality with the mind and look for objects for everything, but it's, yeah. uh, it's not an object. But, That reality. So thank you so much again, Julie, for your presence. um, Thank you for the opportunity.
2: It's
0: a pleasure to meet and I
2: appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Oh
0: my God. Thank you. And before we say goodbye for today, where is the best place to find more information about you? Um, The website, truthbakery.com. Yes, and I do have here as a link, and I love the name too, Truth Bakery.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <When I looked laughs> bake like, your life from your authentic self, from truth.
0: Yes, how yeah. beautiful! I love that. When I, it's it's um, it's like truth with taste to it. We right? the first taste is love. <laughs> bliss, uh, love, joy. Thank you so much again, Julie. Thank you very much. Bye for Bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Julie Cloutier and her work, please visit truthbakery.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.